All right, broads, moms are so hard to shop for. And trust me, my mom takes the cake. God bless you, mom. Yes, I know that she's going to love no matter what I give her and she'll appreciate it. But my goodness, a little direction would be nice. You know, a little direction. <laughs> oh, yes. And I and moms, I think especially our moms, I'm just going to say that, can be impossible to get gifts for. Mm-hmm. And we are moms. We're impossible to get gifts for, too. So let StoryWorth take some of the pressure off this Mother's Day with the perfect gift. StoryWorth is an online service that gets the important women in your life sharing stories through thought-provoking questions about their memories and personal thoughts. Um, I got this for both my mom and my grandma for Christmas because my mom actually requested it after I got it for my dad. Yes, we love that. Each week, um, don't you want to hear about my stories? (laughs) We love that, mom. Each week, StoryWorth emails one different story prompt and at the end of one year, they compile the stories into a beautiful keepsake book that you and your mom or aunt or grandma can both cherish forever. Give your mom the most meaningful gift this Mother's Day with StoryWorth. Get started right away. No shipping's required by going to storyworth.com slash chatty. You'll get $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash chatty for $10 off. Love StoryWorth. Broads, it's about time I let you in on a little secret that I use to keep things dynamic in the bedroom, and that is adamandeve.com. Adamandeve.com is my favorite website when it comes to all things sexy, playful, and experimental. Seriously, if you're into it, adamandeve.com has it from lingerie and toys to bondage and so, so much more. Adamandeve.com is your one-stop adult fun shop. Plus, they're loading on the free stuff with every purchase. They're even offering 50% off almost any single item, but that's just the beginning. Because if you enter code chatty at checkout, you'll get 10 free gifts, a gift for you, a gift for your partner, a gift for you both, and six free movies. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your whole order. Enter code chatty at checkout and you're going to get 10 free gifts. That's chatty, C-H-A-T-T-Y, offer code chatty at checkout at adamandeve.com. Episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Well, hey there, Broads. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Broads. Welcome to a Tuesday. You know what I realized, Becca? Broads, we're recording these episodes. Uh, this one is recorded like a week beforehand. And as we record this, we haven't heard anyone's response to any of our episodes last week which include another chatty bros episode <laughs> once again we are talking to the future we're talking to the future from the past y'all have heard our episode with harry jowsey which was wild and <laughs> basically if for any reason you were upset about anything we said last week we can't address it right this now because we don't know because <laughs> we're from the past this is a disclaimer from i the love past. your shirt though i don't have any problems with that god Thank- loves me and there's nothing i can do about it did you got data from that yes becca becca turned me on to an instagram that i am now obsessed with and i and to the point that i bought merch i don't remember the last time merch now and i just saw you had that and i'm very excited mine says god is obsessed with me i'm i becca i can't remember the last time i purchased merch i know you showed me this instagram and now i'm like i'm obsessed with this what's the name of it again i need god in every moment of my life is hell yes i'm obsessed they are fantastic shout out that instagram i bought your merch i needed it immediately uh (laughs) fantastic (laughs) so good in all the ways Their, their name is god lovers 
bio we specialize in loving god i mean it's absolutely 10 out of 10 content over there um but speaking of needing god and the bible and all that broads we have another Mm -hmm. bible broads episode for you today and you know what we had talked a lot of bachelor and we have our dates now that we're going to have back to back we're gonna have bachelorette into bachelor in paradise and probably then another bachelorette season and so it had been a hot minute since we kind of dove into the bible broads again which is one of our main not counting pete rollins but we didn't really dive in we didn't dive in enough so, for too, me i wasn't hard. wet enough <laughs> you were wet enough <laughs> thinking about that and you know that was kind of this is kind of one of the things that really started our podcast in general like kind of mm-hmm. the veins of chatty broads one of those veins was bible broads and a lot of it is because it's a vein of our relationship exactly and i think you know, sometimes I'll get like DMs and people are like, oh, like, what's your background? You guys talk about this Bible broads thing. I'm like, well, if you don't know, and I feel like we've talked about this a million times, but for any new listeners, Becca and I were born and raised in the church. Uh, Our families are still deeply involved. It's the schools we went to, the things we were taught like from infancy. And it's something that, you know, I know for myself still on a daily basis, I walk through whether that be my perspective on the world, uh, certain traumas from that, unpacking a lot of that, trying to figure out how I'm going to raise my child, my family word, relationship. Word, word. It's part of every, almost every day subconsciously because it's it's, it's, it's how woven we into raised. the fiber of our of us. Yeah, so it's something that we love to talk about. God is in my blood. God is in my blood. And there's nothing I can do and about it. And there's nothing I can do about it, baby. <laughs> but you found our guest today. Yes, I found our guest today. Shout out Michaela, who's been one of our past guests who we love so much from the Black Chillerettes. Uh, and I saw her repost something from Brianda, who is our guest. And I thought it would be so fun to have her on because Brianda um, is a devout current Christian and we find out later in this episode that she became a uh, Christian somewhat recently. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it would be such an interesting conversation because Becca and I, you know, we normally have these conversations where we're unpacking all of our trauma and all these things that we went through growing up in a Western evangelical Christian perspective. And I thought, I mean, I thought it'd be interesting to have on somebody who currently believes this and also has a really i mean at least from my perspective a really healthy dynamic relationship with christianity with god with god yes so i don't know i thought it would be an interesting an interesting take well now we're speaking from the future because we already recorded the episode with her and now we're doing the intro so (laughs) now we're speaking from the future future. first we were talking from the past in the beginning of this episode now two minutes later we're speaking from the future you're gonna love this episode she is so fresh and so just like real and honest and like and she's so passionate about what she believes in which i love to hear yeah and i think what's interesting about her too is that because she is coming to her faith like later in life it's not just any none of her faith is inherited it's Mm -hmm. all discovered yes and there's something that's so refreshing about just where she's coming from yeah so we have a lot of great conversations and we thought it would just be a fun twist since you and i are always 
unpacking and critiquing to have someone on coming from a different perspective from the Bible broads. So we still do plenty of critiquing and unpacking in the best way on this episode. Of course, because we can't help it. (laughs) So broads, we hope you enjoy it. Check out all our info in the episode notes below. You're going to love this episode. So uh, let's dive in. Let's dive in and get wet. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming. Hi, 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 hi. Hey, thank you for having me. I, I, I love the brand. I love you guys' look. You know, very, I mean, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to say very rarely, but like anytime I see podcasters, indie podcasters doing their doing like seeing the production value and seeing like quality work from like creators, man. I'm like, I want to be on your show. I don't care what oh, level of success you. I ever get to. Like, oh. I respect it. Thank you for having me. So appreciate us. Remember us little people when you get there, please. Oh my gosh. Listen, we're all going up. You and I, you, all of us, we're all going, and your husband is producing. We're all going up. Oh yeah. You know, he's, he's just trapped in the house basically, (laughs) but oh my goodness. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, do you mind giving everyone a little bio and also for us too? Yeah. We'll give you a little bio too. Yeah. We're just meeting. I was just going to ask, I was literally, before we started, I was like, I want to know where you guys are from. Like what we have to start. Um, so obviously you guys said my name is Brianda, Brianda, Brianda. I am Dominican American, um, daughter of two immigrant, you know, hardworking d- people. I was going to say dudes. I don't know why. I'm not the girl. Um, but I am an actor. I've been in New York city trying to make it in TV for the last 10 years. I have been wildly unsuccessful. So I started a podcast. <laughs> Much like a lot of different performers. Um, But I've been podcasting since 2018. I had a psychedelic podcast from 2018 to 2020 that people know me from. And then they like saw this severe pivot. (laughs) Um, Wait, what do you mean when you say psychedelic podcast? uh, I used to interview a lot of different psychonauts or uh, performers that were, you know, openly using psychedelic okay. medicine or, okay. or any kind of alternative cool. medicine. And um, believe it or not, a lot of comedians uh, <laughs> do psychedelics. <laughs> Shocking. We, we all drop acid because we're so sad. <laughs> um, uh, and then, I mean, now I, I that landed me ultimately a, a Bible show being produced by one of the, you know, top podcasters, um, Wheezy WTF from Horrible Decisions. Yes. Uh, and that's that's ultimately how Jess found me. So, yeah, it all just started. We're only on like week seven of the podcast. Cool. And it's been like the it's, numbers are are nice. Yes, it's fresh and it's going to be gigantic. That's it's so, so exciting. Fun. Congrats to you. OK, a little bit about yourself. Where are you? F- OK, did you already say where you're from originally? Oh, I'm from Boston. Oh, OK. Boston, I don't have but any. my family's Dominican. <laughs> we were born, so we were bo- bo- both born and raised in California. So it's like the whole East Coast thing. I'm like, oh, Boston, yes, <laughs> like yeah. mm-hmm, New Jersey, New York, yes, love it there. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're all we're so different. But I think the biggest difference is the fact that California, California, and I meet, they just don't get mad as quickly. Oh, or yeah. they're not like as sh- like about it. Or like everyone on the East Coast, like if you're if we're mad, you're going to know about it and it's going to be instantly. <laughs> but here's what we say, because we watch Real Housewives, you know, and when you compare, let's say, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or Orange County to Real Housewives of New York City, there's a big difference because the people in California, we're trying to hide our true emotions to pretend yes. like we're happy all the time, <laughs> which means that we can one be two faced bitches like on mm-hmm. Real Housewives where they're like, they're like, oh, my God, fucking Kathy's about to get here. And then she comes in. It's like, Kathy, I love your dress. Where'd you get it? <laughs> 
<laughs> Whereas in New York, when someone walks in immediately, you know, they're like, Kathy, get the fuck over here. But it's good because in California, I feel like we have more like breakdowns, like quarterly breakdowns. Okay. Because we've been holding in our our anger and sadness. That's what do we do? What do we say about Salt Lake City? <laughs> like the, that region? Well, I don't know when I watched Salt Lake City. That was <laughs> just absolute madness. I have never seen anything like that. I, I don't know I what's happening no- there. I don't know what's going on in that region. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am so confused. What's happening? This is not East Coast. This is not West Coast. But no, it's so true. We we like to passive aggressive over here, which is why I love East Coasters, because I know exactly Put it all like, out there. You, I know how you feel about me right away. What you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, broads, we're going to take a quick pause. Is there anything better than stepping out of a hot shower smelling clean? Whatever you, whatever scent you prefer, it doesn't matter. Just the smell of freshly shampooed hair is as close to pure bliss as it gets for me. I'm currently obsessed with Function of Beauty products because they smell like eucalyptus. Mine smell like eucalyptus, which is my favorite scent of all time. Um, although it's hard to pick favorites because you really can't go wrong when it comes to Function of Beauty. Or you can choose scentless if that's what you prefer among all the other scents. I love that option. If you aren't familiar with Function of Beauty, listen up because this is a game-changing hair care brand. Function of Beauty is the world's leader in fully customizable hair care and all of their products are sulfate and paraben-free, vegan and cruelty-free. And not surprisingly, Function of Beauty has over 60,000 five-star reviews. And I have to say they deserve every one of them. I love, love, love my Function of Beauty products. Like I said, I got mine in eucalyptus and the customization helps to give me hair volume and shine, which I'm looking for. And by the way, also as far as scents go, you can get Function of Beauty hair care in a variety of other scents like they have tropical mango, sweet peach, lavender rose, and so many more. So go ahead, turn your beauty routine into a full-on aromatherapy session. You deserve it. You deserve it. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash broads to take your hair quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. That's functionofbeauty.com slash broads to let them know you heard about it here and to get 20% off your order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash broads. Broads, let's talk period care products, okay? Recently, period care products have started to get a well-deserved redo, and I'm a big fan. No longer do you need to pick up or to pick and choose what you want in period care, whether that's something that can be worn all day or something that's 100% leak-proof or something that's better for you and the planet. Now you can have it all. You can have it all with Flex. We have to give some major love to our favorite period care brand, Flex. Flex is innovating period care with products that are body safe, made for comfort, and made to keep you moving through life uninterrupted. I've had their menstrual cup for a really long time, and I tried their Flex Disc very recently when I got my period for the first time in forever. And I swear that was it for me because for starters, it holds as much liquid as three super tampons. That means you can put in one disc in the morning and the rest of the day. You're all set. Also, as Jess is about to tell you, the reason that I tried it was for period sex. It's true. It's true. I have to say I was unsure about the Flex Disc only because it looked like nothing I'd ever seen before. But after trying it, I was so impressed. Pretty much forgot I even had it in. And like Becca was saying, the best part, best free period sex. Never thought I would be able to say those words, but I can confirm it works. Mess free period sex. It is amazing. 
Say goodbye to cramps, put sex back on the table, and lend Mother Nature a hand. Go to flexfits.com slash chatty and use promo code chatty for 20% off flex disc starter kits or 10% off your first flex cup plus free you a shipping. That's code chatty at flex flexfits.com slash chatty. Well, Becca and I, just so you know, we were uh, born and raised over here, but born and raised really deep in the church. So homeschooled, super conservative Christian parents involved in like leadership in the church and all that. So Becca and I now are at a place where we would say we're deconstructing. I would call myself mm. a practicing Satanist and no, I'm so just kidding. Welcome. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, 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 no. no. I but no, we yeah. both are like trying to I, I would say, especially over the past three years since starting our podcast, we've been, yeah, deconstructing or maybe post deconstruction and trying to navigate our where we're at now and our spiritual journeys. And for me, at least personally, that's oftentimes weaving in and out of, you know, biblical truths and wisdoms that I do still really value and try to incorporate in my life and the way that I move about the world and with the people that, you know, come in and out of my life. But then also taking the, you know, also making forging my own way and being like, no, this is how I'm going to do things. and I'm not going to let this narrative that I was sold throughout my childhood dictate how I live my life. So Becca, out of curiosity, what are the things specifically that uh, compel you to dive back in? What are those I th- things? I think, like I said, like the, the, I, I, I don't know if I believe like an objective truth, but I think that there are truths and there's like wisdom that stands the test of time. And I think that there, there are a lot of like, proverbs and just like even specific verses and stories in the bible that i carry with me and sometimes when i'm when i'm having issues or struggles in my life or relationship problems or whatever because those things are drilled into my mind so much as a child in a good way they surface in my head and i'm like oh like this is you know this is like this is a, a this is wisdom that's guiding me like ancient wisdom and i think that there's something in that for me at least Mm. Okay. But, I'm just always curious to hear, uh, cause I, I have the opposite, like com- flip it 180. I grew up atheist and okay. was saved at 25. Yeah. Uh, off a really heavy macro dose of acid. And I <laughs> like was reading the book of John, but I mean, here's the thing. I was like an, I was like an atheist activist. Uh-huh. Like I would read the Bible just so I could debate people. And okay. then like, I feel like I hoodwinked myself. Like Jesus literally was like, gotcha. (laughs) Just, I, I, it was, I remember I, 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 it just, it is what they say. It's as simple as that. It's like you have a calling and it really is just that where I'm either dissociating. I'm like something is, or it's this divine thing. And because of the favorable sensations I'm feeling, I'm going to go ahead and say divine. Sure. 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 You know what I mean? Yes. So that, and that happened, uh, 2018. Yeah. Now, here's the thing, though. I don't know what your parents' situation is like, but my parents both became born-again Christians in their 20s. Uh, my mom growing up in, I guess, like a loosely agnostic household. And my dad growing up, um, I'm Mexican-American. My dad is Mexican and he, he grew up in like a loosely, more loosely Catholic household. And they both had like dramatic uh 
dramatic conversion stories like in their 20s where my dad had like a very um what what i'm trying to think of what the what the word is where you have like intense, a intense uh like like a, i can't think of what it's called like a in, encounter that's what that's what i was looking for uh, like an intense spiritual encounter um with like prophesying and everything and that's when he like turned the corner and immediately dove into his faith and they've been really strong christians ever since but i think that there is a little difference when you're raised by someone who had like i was told what that experience should look like all my life as a child and so i don't know i think it's a different it's definitely a different path well my mom was raised what her entire family was raised in the seventh day adventist church Mm -hmm. but she was you know she was sexually abused by you know someone Mm. in the church and just like i mean i don't want to tell her story that's not my responsibility but you know like just some really heinous stuff happened within the church and uh the second she was old enough she left home went to the capital in dr santo domingo chopped her hair off pierced her ears like had this rebellious phase and uh she grew like she raised me and my sister in a very secular like i won't go as far as to say atheistic because she would she had like it was more agnostic like a Mm -hmm. quiet agnostic upbringing and uh it wasn't until the pandemic where she was having you know just i don't even know or she just got a divorce from my dad they had broken and she's going through it and she rediscovered her faith and now 12 months later she is back in the seventh day adventist church it's so funny because i was saved before her mm. we're both I, I don't call myself like a born again just because i wasn't you know baptized i wasn't raised in it but she was okay. but she was she came back to two years after me so mm. I don't know. I, I her th- there was just always this turbulent relationship between her and the church, but sure. she started reconnecting with like just directly to God first, and then she she went she like what kind of went backwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. So t- two different two different paths to the same to the same source. Mm-hmm. My mother and I had, um, and I've learned a lot from her from her process too. And this, I mean, she is just a biblical maestro i feel like you know when you do grow up in it and even now i call we call um people that are new like babes in the faith sure mm-hmm. so i'm still considered a babe in the faith 100 percent. i mean i am knee deep in christian tiktok and let me tell you something <laughs> i there are gen zers that sun me like they school me <laughs> with like the, the any kind of theology like they know what's up and i have to say despite my mother uh, coming back to later she it's like everything she learned from when she was a kid just amplified and it turned back on but now she doesn't resent Mm -hmm. there's no resentment behind it now it's more like gratitude Mm -hmm. like oh you know um so if anything i want to learn i want to learn from those i want to be a sponge because i was a little older it's kind of like older people learning a new language they definitely have an accent (laughs) But it's not impossible. It's just, you know, it's a lot easier when you're younger. It's it's funny. My boyfriend majored in uh, religious studies. He was not raised Christian at all or really religious at all. But it's funny because sometimes we'll get in like little debates where he'll say like, oh, well, this happened in this. And I'm like, mm, no, like what actually <laughs> happened was this. And now, you know, three years into our relationship, he's learned. He's like, if there's any biblical knowledge, like you defer to Becca. She knows what the fuck she's talking about. And I'm like, yes, that is right. I am. Um, I'm what learning. A gift. Dude, that's yeah. A gift. Yeah. yeah, it's no. true. And it's true. And it's so interesting because uh, 
like you were saying, when we were raised from a place where it's like, you know, formidable years on up, uh, infant on up, really, for both of us, I think, um, you have this, you get you get all this like actual knowledge or like the knowledge, but maybe not the wisdom yet. Sure. But then since we moved away from it to a certain degree, then I feel like at this point I'm finally able in my life to come back and be like, I want to rehash some of these Bible stories and see what I can gain out of them. Not necessarily what maybe my specific pastor or parents were teaching me because I don't necessarily believe in all those things anymore specifically, but I can gather wisdom from those now. Jess, what's the thing that like totally turns you off? about christianity Look at her. you're like, such know. an amazing interview you come on our podcast and you're like interviewing us here. i love it i'm, I'm <laughs> loving it to, by the I way i to know you guys and also your listeners listen i'm a podcaster too your listeners want to know more about you yes, they, they, they so know you i know so, okay you know what i'm saying they don't know me they don't give a fuck about me really like but they, once, so but I like once they give, see once they see the outfits that you are bringing to your <laughs> podcast my god the fashion broads you need to immediately go look on her instagram because the fashion is next level it come makes... to our youtube and our tiktok yes, yes the, the visuals are iconic so <laughs> good so good um the thing that turns me off the most is like judgment that's that's far and away the biggest thing for me just because i think at least how i was raised it was very much us versus them mentality in all ways so if you don't have even the specific set of beliefs Uh, I came from like a non-denominational church, but this specific, like when we think the rapture is going to happen, what it'll look like, even other Christian churches outside of that bubble, the group that I would be in would be very judgmental and be like, no, they've got it wrong. So, you know, God knows if you weren't specifically a Christian, the judgment was like through the roof. So I think the inability to, um, to, really realize or to, to question, I would say judgment. Yeah. And I guess the inability to question yourself and to like regroup and recalibrate and admit, you know, that sometimes we don't have it all together. Well, and I know something that's turned, I feel like when I was younger, all I, I just wanted to like do my own thing. And I think that my parents were just a little bit too strict with me to be completely honest, where it got to like, it, it was like, I wasn't supposed to have sex with before marriage, which then translated to like, I'm not supposed to be dating anyone because that's going to be a sexual thing, which then turned into like, I can't even talk to my mom about crushes I have when I'm in sixth grade. Cause then I'm going to end up getting a lecture. That's going to go back to like, you shouldn't have sex before marriage. And it was just like, in a lot of ways, very stifling and off putting because I'm someone that has to like figure things. We all have to figure things out for ourselves. And I was being told that. But then also as an adult now, I detest the way that Western Christianity has become wrapped up in like a socio-political framework where it's like you don't believe climate change is real and it's white supremacist. And it's, you know, it's like all those things. So much of the, the Western church and the way that I've watched the churches that I grow up in respond to injustice is has been just disgusting and just trash and it's like these people who claim and i so i guess i have more of a i have a way it's just a difficult relationship with the church than the actual bible or anything Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. but it's like disgusting to me yeah it's so saddening i was just saying especially after you know the whole lil nas x situation which i got a lot of flack for some of my takes um after all of that it sparked this discussion about just um, the lens in which we view Christianity, that and and the the church versus 
relationship with God-ism. Like yeah. I was just like, at one point, in order for me to talk to people, I said, oh, okay. Because I was so, I was just an atheist. I feel like there's a way for me to kind of like, all right, let me change some words around so that yeah, we're on sure. the same page here talking. Yep. It's like there is Christianity, the organized church, the church, that religion. And then there's also relationship Godism with mm-hmm. Godism through Christism. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that distinction is so important because if the, the, the man, the individuals who rep the church so hard, the organization so hard, the institution so hard are the ones who become false teachers, false prophets, mm-hmm. completely going against mm-hmm. what the text is. Mm-hmm. I follow the text. Mm-hmm. Like that for me is that's that's the truth. And we can dive more into specifics later. But like the second you start seeing people uh, do this performative judging tone mm-hmm. as a per, as opposed to discernment, which we are supposed to do in, uh, as like practicing Christians, like practicing discernment is also in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, when you bled when that's when that when discernment starts to bleed into judgment, you are complete. You're doing the opposite of what Jesus Christ did. We're supposed to mirror what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Not what man did. Um, and honestly, I just think all these Christians seem to do acid. Like they're so <laughs> married to ego. They're so married mm. to ego mm. and being right mm. and being right for mm-hmm. the others and, and further or the other rising mm. other people. Mm-hmm. How the heck do you think you're going to sell anything that way? How are you going to sell God that way? You are ruining God's PR in a horrible way. It's so saddening. And you're especially not going to get into Gen Zers. Forget about it. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that people don't, so many Christians don't want to look at what Jesus actually fucking taught. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear what he had to say. Uh, Jesus, like, uh, I get actually really heated when I start talking about it and thinking about it because it's like, like wealth, Wealth and like Western Christianity and the leaders of the Western church, it's so enmeshed in wealth and like Republican-esque capitalism. Uh, and it's like, that is so not Jesus. Not Dude, Jesus. Do you not remember Jesus. in John, in the book of John where, or is it John? Oh, is it, look, let me, I have the Bible literally right here because I was <laughs> doing prep work. But like, Brianna's going to make us Christians over here. <laughs> listed, the She's scene where Jesus literally is at the temple and he's seeing a people make, like selling-ish at the temple. He and literally like, throws, he lifts the tables. He starts yelling at everybody being mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? It's like one of the, one of the only scenes where you see Jesus go, book. you have any, yeah. He goes, you have turned this into a den of thieves. thieves. And also, this is what I was posting about last year in June when people were talking about uh, where people were talking about protests and riots. And I was like, hmm, okay. Like, it's never okay. It's never okay to, like, get pissed off about injustice. Like, I don't think you really know your God very well that you claim to know. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of nuance in that conversation, but Jesus does illustrate that it's okay to be angry Mm -hmm. and it's okay to get pissed when you see something that's not right. Flip those tables. Yeah. Yeah. And even like even even when you see when there are certain um, scenes where you see uh Jesus going off to a secluded area and just praying or like battling these mm-hmm. internal like doubts and demons, not mm-hmm. doubting the and father, fear. of course, but fear. like the, these are things that like are so deeply humanizing mm-hmm. and yet they're seldom talked about. Like mm-hmm. this was a man who had was experienced, uh, knows what you're experiencing firsthand. Mm-hmm. 
like not just because I believe that he's God incarnate and that again, this is verbiage that may fall on deaf ears, but that's just what I believe. Sure. Removing sure. that alone, this is a man who deeply understands what you're going through or like any qualms you may have. Like there's a reason why we should be mirroring, mirroring him. Mm-hmm. And it's not because he's this like, he's the only like this this being that's gonna condemn you if you stray he's a man who knows what it's like to stray and even then even then he he prayed for those who hated him yeah Mm -hmm. i mean could you imagine that kind of humility that kind of heart Mm -hmm. that's that's the north star and Mm -hmm. that's the stuff that we don't talk about yeah and and love and compassion before everything the number of Mm -hmm. times that he talked about caring for the poor the sick the orphan the widow And the number of times he talked about these things that we fight over tit for tat all the time about, you know, like all those, all the the, Jesus, his main thing was like, take care of people, have compassion for the people that everyone overlooks. Mm -hmm. That is your mission here on earth. Jesus and God, he, they have an affinity for those who are uh, poor and disenfranchised, the other marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, they, they in 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 John chapter five at the pool of Bethesda, where he literally heals the blind and hurt man by the pool, and he he was the only man. I keep on saying this. Jesus was a rock star by then. I'm talking mm-hmm. about people knew who he was. Like people would be like, "Oh my God, that's rock star!" Like he loves him. Like please, like you know, sign your autograph. But this guy, he Try chose to, grab to onto heal. His shirt. Exactly, yeah. he chose to heal the person that didn't even know who he was. Literally, mm-hmm. Jesus strolled up and was like, I'm going to heal you. This guy was like, who are you? Like, mm-hmm. he was like, what? And Jesus just wanted to heal him anyways. Aside from he was in a sea of people who like said they loved him and worshipped him. We're really just idolizing. We're not supposed, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. idolizing for the wrong reasons. But he chose sure. to heal the person that didn't even know who he was. How indicative of of God's favor of those that need them most, even when they don't even know God, even if they're not even familiar with them. Mm-hmm. He'll still cater to them and he'll still listen to them. Uh, the difference that I find with Christianity is that there's this air of God reaching down to us. Christianity is so special because of the story about the pool at Bethesda, like mm-hmm. because of those stories mm-hmm. like that, there's so many in the Bible where God reaches out to us where, where Christ and God, no matter where they meet, he meets you wherever you are. You don't have to perfect yourself in order to call out where you are at is the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's the I think that that's unfortunately the paradox of the Western institution of the church is that we preach, at least the way I grew up is I was always told you don't have to do anything. You know, it's not by works. It's not by works. You you know, you are made perfect through Christ. But Hmm. but but that was always that that was always the like that was the message that was told, but you know, like they say, actions speak louder than words. But at the same time, the pastor of the church that I grew up with talked about how his mom became a lesbian and how he then didn't talk. He has, he was boasting like to the church. This is like a huge church in Fresno that we, my family used to go to boasting to the church about how he hasn't talked to his mother for the past 10 years because she is a, she, because now she is a lesbian. And I'm like, bro, you are so far up your own ass you have like ah, it's just frustrating because it's like that you are you you can't be both you can't ostracize the people that don't fall into your idea of perfectionism and yet then also say that christ loves you in spite of every imperfection like that is oh so God. trash it is so 
It is so egoic. It literally, for me, like anytime I see that kind of rhetoric, that energy, that those rules and churches or like those stories, those anecdotal stories, I'm always like, it's like water and oil. Mm. Like Mm -hmm. how the heck do you, that it does not, God repels that. Also, it's not up to you to even be doing that. Why would you (laughs) to say, you don't want to talk to your mother? What kind of hurt are you experiencing? Yeah, right. Like you're, this is so skewed. You have deeply misunderstood Mm the text or the word of God. Mm. And it's in, so saddening. In which case I'm like, okay, so are you ostracizing all your friends who have got divorces? Mm-hmm. Brad? Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> Cause I'm sure that's like half of your friends. So mm, anyway. Or those that have like committed adultery, sexual mm-hmm. immorality, watched porn. I mean, if we're really going to go deep, if they, if they still take the old covenant, like shave yeah. your beard, uh, <laughs> get piercings, tattoos, like if we're really going to go there, like, Mm-hmm. I don't know it, how mm-hmm. far along. And also who is the arbiter of wh- how far we're taking mm-hmm. this or whatever? Like, is right. it you? It right. can't possibly right. be you, you freaking some random pastor in Fresno. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Yep. It's a, it's a terrible misuse of misuse of power and misuse of power. I mean, could you, it does that's it's outside of religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah, everywhere. yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. abuse. Yeah. Completely. Um, Okay, broads, we're going to pause one more time. Um, Here's the thing. One of life's cruel, cruel jokes is that your sex life can be thrown out of whack by almost anything. Stress at work, a busy day, hormonal changes, the cycle of the moon. Honestly, if you're wanting to have an active sex life and feeling like some of these things are getting in the way, I can tell you about something that I've enjoyed thoroughly, and that is Omax O-Shot, my absolute favorite arousal oil. Oh my gosh, if you haven't already gotten O-Shot, what are you doing? We've been talking about this brand forever and we've been loving it forever. This stuff is good. O-Shot is made from a blend of eight organic and natural botanicals plus a broad spectrum CBD. All you have to do is apply it to intimate areas and you'll instantly experience all the good things. Tingling and warming sensations, enhanced lubrication, increased sensitivity, all leading to a more intense climax. And because it's 100% natural, it's 100% edible. It's great for partnered sex or a solo session, y'all. Everyone needs a lot of O-Shot in their life. Absolutely. And because we love you, Broads, O-Shot CBD is offering all of you Broads 20% off O-Shot. This discount also applies towards any product site-wide. So just go to oshotcbd.com today and enter code CHATTY. That's O-S-H-O-T-C-B-D.com and enter code CHATTY to get 20% off O-Shot site-wide. If you're looking to spice things up single or partnered, O-Shot comes to the rescue and provides heightened sexual sensations, which can give you the instant and long-lasting satisfaction you've been looking for. And it's 100% edible and natural. Remember, go to O-ShotCBD.com and enter code CHATTY to get 20, 20% off O-Shot site-wide. Broads, to say kids move at a mile a minute would be, well, a massive understatement. Becca's currently recording recording her ads from home and you see Ruth and Franklin just bouncing around in the background. (laughs) I think it would be more appropriate to say that kids move a million miles a minute. It'd be just closer to being accurate. I know I struggle with always wanting to keep my five-year-old daughter engaged and entertained. That alone is a full-time job. I can't always keep up with her but with the help of kiwi co 
I almost can. Yes. If you're watching the YouTube, you can see I've got my KiwiCo box right here. Broads, we can take a look inside. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed. Look at that. Look at that. Mm-hmm. KiwiCo is redefining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and seriously fun. They create super cool hands-on projects and toys. Just please have a wheel. You got to go pee-pee? Look, see, there's one a mile a minute right now. We have a in the ad, we have a live pee. A live pee break. As Ruth is peeing, I will tell you all more about KiwiCo, okay? They create super cool hands-on projects and toys designed to expose kids to concept in STEAM, science, technology, engineering, art, and math, and are a great resource for learning at home. KiwiCo delivers specially curated crates full of science and art projects every single month. The crates are specifically designed to tackle new subjects in a way that kiddos understand and Everything is included. This means you're never going to have to dig through your drunk junk drawer looking for glue or scissors again, and you can focus fully on tackling projects and spending time together. Just why don't you? Why don't you sh- show us the box? Like, have a little Vanna White moment. I'm having a Vanna White moment. I'm going to show you the box, and I'm going to let you know inside we have we have. Oh, what is this? This this season capillary action that ember and i are going to be working on oh my god she's gonna gonna, love that she's gonna love she's also gonna be a genius i don't know about half of this stuff she's gonna be teaching me and it comes with all the things that you need no searching through the junk drawers like becca was saying it comes with everything and honestly my favorite part is that the instructions are meant for your child's specific age so ember has all this independence now where she can go through spend so much time excitedly making these projects herself and she does it herself because the instructions make it easy it's amazing we love you kiwiko Love you. Ruth's saying, oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh, for KiwiCo. She wants to get her hands on them. <laughs> no telling what a KiwiCo kid can do. That's really hard for me to say. I know you want pee Good job. High five. Yeah. There's no telling what a KiwiCo kid can do. Kickstart curiosity, creation, innovation in kids today, and discover a brighter tomorrow. Get 30% off your first month, plus free shipping on any crate line with code chatty at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com, promo code chatty. Can we hear about your conversion yeah, story? Yeah, I, I was literally <laughs> just about to ask. I want to hear the conversion story. Cool. I want to hear it too. <laughs> Every time I say it out loud, it like I, I adjust the story ever so slightly, but not adjust as in I change it. I just rediscover something new every time sure. I tell it. Um, so I was super duper duper depressed. And um, the thoughts of like not being alive were sounding way too sexy for me. Mm. to a point where it started really concerning me. And I think all throughout my life, I've had just depressive proclivities or like I've just always, even in my music, in my the movies that I watched and stuff, mm-hmm. they always had this like, this like dark angle. And I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. Um, and I, after it was about, I had been in New York for six or seven years. Yeah. And I, every single thing that I had done, I was so married to career. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to put it out there. I was so married to career and so married to um, this idea of what I wanted my life to be like, that if I didn't have it, then what was, what was the point? Mm -hmm. 
of even living. Oh gosh. I mean, this is at Brianda at 24, you know, 23, 24, you know, when everything is so much more grave. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I remember watching interviews. I mean, I'm a YouTube kid and I remember listening to some comics uh, recall or recant stories that were kind of similar to mine. Cause you know, so if you see any interview with a comic, like there, they had really humbling beginnings and um, I related to a few and one of them being Duncan Trussell. Mm. And I saw one of his interviews on Rogan. And I know a lot of women hate Rogan and give him a lot of shit, but man, that man introduced me to like some of the best natural supplements. He's the reason why I work out the way I do. Like, I'm sorry, but it just is what it is. He really, he's a dope dude. And I can't wait to be on his show one day. Like, yes. like anyway. Um, so I, it was an interview where he, uh, Duncan talks about, uh, doing acid and reading the Bible. Now, as I mentioned before, I had, I was already familiar with the Bible because I read, I read it with a very secular lens and I just thought of it as a wisdom book. Like this, this great stories, like, sure. I would love to, you know, do acid for the first time and read the Bible. I'll do it Mm -hmm. for sure. And, um, I did it and I did a lot of it because at that time I didn't care about life that much. Mm -hmm. So I, I really just, I, I don't I can't even tell you how many micrograms I did, but it was a lot. And I, I remember. Were you by yourself? No, I was with someone. We actually did it very responsibly. Like I okay. said, this is the first time I'd done a psychedelic and I was 25, just before my 25th birthday. So I wasn't like, I wasn't that young per se i wasn't like you know it was a i was a responsible age mm-hmm. I, I we had a roommate be our babysitter we had you know snacks water tea you name it we had like a charcuterie board <laughs> like it was wonderful <laughs> it was all set up <laughs> yeah and um and i remember the first thing i i just remember hearing oh man like it was just like i even before I picked up the book, it was like, it felt like God was, he just told me he loved me so much. And it felt like, it felt like you're home now. Just like release yourself from all of that other stuff. It doesn't matter, you know? Um, and I never felt anything like that before. Um, and that that was the beginning of the trip and and that really opened myself up to the book and then for the first time ever i read the book with this new openness i never had it before it almost felt like i had always read the book with like an arm's distance and then all of a sudden the the arm was removed and i was reading it so closely and i had never i'm telling you i never uh, of the years of me reading the book i'd never read it in this experiential way and i said oh this is what they talk about. This is why anytime I heard a Christian talk about it, I didn't understand. It's because of, I was reading it differently. I was reading, it was, we might as well have been reading a different book, you know? Um, and actually the, the pool of Bethesda, that story that I just told you, chapter five, uh, the book of John chapter five, that's the, that's the story that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me in terms of, oh, this is my calling. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and it was that uh, Jesus 
healed that man who didn't even know who he was. And that what was that was what was keeping me from faith in the first place hmm. was this gross otherizing, like, oh, I don't want to be a part of a group that does that. Mm. That isn't that. And it was proven, it was proved to me in that moment. Um, so from then on, I, uh, and I'll also say my, my, my spiritual, um, my spiritual life was only em- further emboldened and strengthened by the things that I did, right? Like faith, faith with no work is dead faith. Um, so I, I practice abstinence. I, I read in a more regimented routine way. Um, I started deciphering things. I started making decisions in a really responsible way, which was new for me again. I was also a little bit older, but like, I, I started to develop this, like this, this, this awesome decision-making system where if something crossed past my life that caused me stress or confusion, I knew that was not of God. But if something arose by me that made me feel sensations of confirmation and security, that was of God. Mm-hmm. So it is just started, I started developing this system and I was like, oh, this is the work. <laughs> right. And but I would definitely say that the abstinence for sure only aided to me um, refining that decision making system. And I saw things in my life start to change for the better. I literally saw it with my own eyeballs. Like, that's how you get someone to change, right? Like, to see it. And I said, oh, no, Christ is the way. So I'm curious. Do you see abstinence as a, as like a practice? Or do you see it as avoiding sin? Oh, a practice. Here's, oh, girls, I have fucked a lot, (laughs) like, in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've done a whole lot. And so, like, I definitely don't have the same... Uh, I just don't because of the way I've I've uh, came to or her got my calling or was saved, if you will. I say saved more than conversion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Because of that, I think that I'll never be able to view it as uh, no. It's a sin. I don't want it. <laughs> I understand what you're asking, but no. And I think the sooner people remove that connotation or at least work towards uh uh reversing that if they have it the more comfortable it is. I don't even realize I'm doing it. And I want to say I'm practicing celibacy until marriage is what I'm doing. It just started as abstinence because when I first, when I first was saved, I was like, I am, there's impossible. I am not going to be able to do this. What? I never even thought about it, but that's the way God works. It actually is so funny because I realized looking back, like I only ever really did have sex with my boyfriends. And that was by choice. That was Mm -hmm. as an atheist. Like I, Mm -hmm. And then there was this one girl, but like, um, the, it, I only ever had sexual relations with people that I was spiritually connected to mm. anyways, sans religion. Mm. So in actuality, Christianity really just gave it a name, but I, sure. I always kind of had it. That's, and I think that's why it kind of, it fit me so well. My mom always says it's like, it's like a domino effect. Like if you're really doing things the way God intended it should be easeful, mm. not burdensome. If mm. it's burdensome, then there's resistance. There's obviously something that is not uh, driving well in your space, and that's okay. It may take time, it may take whatever. But no. So to answer your question, no. And 
when I started, when I shifted from calling it abstinence to celibacy mm-hmm. was after feeling so spiritually depleted after going on these dates. Like I, I, I felt like utter crap, like a spiritual hangover after like almost hooking up with guys. Like I would, there was a one point in my celibacy or abstinence, whatever you want to call it at the beginning where like, I would try and like, <laughs> like Jimmy rig ways to be like, <laughs> sexual. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh I yeah, mean, so that's what I was gonna that say. Was we, we're coming yeah. from a place of um, of it's not even a question of whether or not you're going to be abstinent until marriage. That is the like supposition that if you're on the if you're on the Christian journey, you will not be outrightly fucking anyone until you're married. But specifically, like penis in specifically like vaginal penetration with a penis mm-hmm. you know it's I, like you want to know something Becca and Jess it's like so annoying because that for me is so misogynistic and like uh-huh. so like to, also to like subject, heter- this hetero like normative mm-hmm. yeah. normative yes to, to subject like to, to think that sex begins and ends with uh, penis in a yes. vagina is yes. so <laughs> upsetting like that's why when the beginning I was like Brie what are you doing here like you still having sex, girl. What's going on? <laughs> and and you're still being spiritually depleted. Like mm-hmm. outside again, outside of if you if I were to even remove, which I can't do now, remove my religion from me because I feel like I am my faith now. But back then, I remember thinking like, and on top of that, you trying to find plant uh, like trying to find like short uh, shortcuts and shit or like yeah. plans or whatever. It's not even making you feel good. So what are we doing here? Yeah, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, it's 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 cultivating shame, which I think is like. It's similar to I know a lot of people who have a really unhealthy relationship to like food um, Mm. or just like this battle. I know like I've witnessed in people the lives of people I love where it's like they don't, you know, like they want to lose weight, but then they are they like feel ashamed anytime they're like eating or doing something that's like bad or wrong. And then it it creates like this, like this shame, but then where also you're just like berating yourself. So then if you do something wrong, then you, you fall more into, I'm using air quotes wrong for listeners. And then you fall back and you do more of that thing that you feel so ashamed of. And it just becomes this like self flagellation that just ends in like disappointment. And you just feeling like shit about yourself instead of giving yourself the freedom to just be like, which is so much easier said than done. And I think it like is all different Mm -hmm. paths in your life. The more you like beat yourself over the head, like I'm not productive enough. I'm Mm -hmm. not this enough. It's just bad. I have a question for the both of you, just because I want to get, I I like you guys so much now. Like I want to like get to know you guys more. (laughs) So another thing that you guys should know about me is that even right before, and I thought it was because I was depressed. So you guys know, I came to Christ after being like terror, like suicidally depressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, but there was something that I was noting and I thought it was because of the depression, but it ended up not, I don't think being it per my psychologist. Um, I was feeling so much shame and guilt after masturbating. So I actually don't really? masturbate and I hadn't been even masturbating even before Christianity, like I, uh-huh. I just, I'm not, I don't do it. I don't get it. I just don't like doing it after, after I like orgasm, I feel so sad and depressed to this day. I still feel that way actually. Like, and it's so funny cause I love masturbating with other men in the room Uh huh. Like, yeah. with, with them doing it. There's like, that's such an intimate and like sexy 
Yeah, but when you're alone, you feel that way? Oh, forget about it. I wanted to know if you guys have ever felt that way. Like, if you guys have ever felt like sensations, and I say sensations of shame because it's not shame, right? Like, I know what I'm doing, but it's like the sensations are comparable to that. Have you guys ever felt that post-masturbation? Big time. Like, to the... To this day, I uh, we've actually had someone on the podcast. Her name is Evie on Whitney. You should check her out. She's amazing. Um, and I now do this practice that she's put on Instagram and her platform, which is like this meditative, sensual, like shame release. Because growing up, anything related to sex, unless in the confines of marriage, was just shame for me. And I wanted to explore. I had desires and everything like Becca was saying before with like even your mom, you're like, I can't even have a conversation about any sort of feeling. So everything feels like it's done in secret. And even after I even after I was married and I'm like, I'm living, you know, uh, from a Christian's like uh, from a Christian's perspective, I'm good. I can have sex with my husband. You're praising the Lord. Yeah, we're worshiping via sex. Uh, But I'm like, I, you know, I'm like, I still struggle with feeling shame via masturbation. And I, that's something that I've actually been like really trying to work through in a way of like, uh, it's very off and on. Sometimes I'll, I'll masturbate and I'm like, great, good to go. And sometimes I masturbate and I feel like this cloud and depression and shame and all this. And yeah, I've been using this tool, this meditative tool, because I, I know for me that is shame via my past, like trauma via the church that I was from. So I'm like slowly been trying to Mm. really work on that. And I will say that's, that's kind of one of the biggest things that is still an obstacle for me. The fact that you bring up masturbation is interesting is one of the biggest obstacles for me to get past to when I'm done, not feeling that weight of shame. It's interesting. I was never really taught explicitly that masturbation was sinful. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. It was actually a non-subject in my household. Interesting. We didn't talk about it. And if I had to guess, I would actually guess that my parents' orientation towards masturbation is like unspokenly like that's okay. Yeah, a little more lukewarm or like okay. a little passable. There's a passable. Porn, porn, no. My parents made it very clear n- about n- that they don't watch porn and that that's not right. And we had all our computers in like the living room the so lock. that like no one could <laughs> view porn, you know, in front of anyone and <laughs> tracking the websites people were on. Um, But to answer your question, like, yes. And I think actually I've realized recently that it's coupled with two things. One, which was shame you know, the shame that I learned as a child about sex that, again, I I mean, I've never been married, but I would venture to guess that like my partner that I'm with right now or that I had been in the past, like had we gotten married, like I might have felt a little bit better. But I think that, like you said, the sensations in your body of shame are sometimes the like your body learns things when you learn Mm -hmm. things and it's not always as simple as just undoing the idea or changing the context but I think that the it's coupled with the fact that um you know I've I've been coming to terms with very recently that never anything big but I think that there's been varying degrees like of low levels of sexual assault with different partners 
um, both in, you know, and not totally consensual experiences, especially in the early days of my like sexual experiences. And so I think that I've been trying to discern that too, of sometimes like a gross Mm -hmm. feeling will come out because maybe I said yes when my body inside was saying no to my Mm. partner who I love and adore and who cares about me. And so I've been trying to discern that a lot lately is like, do I actually feel nasty after this? Because deep down I knew Mm. that I didn't want to do that. And I, I consented anyway. So I've been trying to really clarify that a lot too. And like, if, and really like think, within and honor myself of what I feel comfortable Ooh. doing and what I don't sexually. Mm. He said honor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my God. So you just true. hit me. You just, I receiving what you're, what you just said so deeply. I had a guest come on my, my last show, super trip talk, this, the psychedelic one. Uh-huh. Um, and she, she had asked me about this. Uh, and sh- I, I had just told her a story about, this one time where my bar manager, you know, bar, and actors in New York, we bartend, we serve, we do like, sure, you know, these sure, odd sure, jobs sure. Of course. to make it, uh, make it by. And I was telling her this story of when I first hooked up with this, uh, I hooked up with this woman. She was, she's honestly just so dope. She's so great. Mm-hmm. My one and only. And um, the reason why was because that bar manager at the time, and I was 19 at this time, um, he threatened my shifts if I didn't hook up with her. And at this time, me thinking now, like, Priyanka, that's some weak ass shit. Like, why would you? Sure. But now, look, but when you're 19. Yeah, I know. This is mm-hmm. your first, you don't have, you don't, you're, you're no. still developing. You are an adolescent. You know what I'm saying? You're you also don't so, know what's normal and what's not. So you're just kind of like, I guess this, this no. is the world. That's what everyone's doing, I yeah. guess. I guess we all yeah. got to do something. And, and I when a, an authority figure, someone who's supposed to be protecting you, quote unquote, in your space oh. is like and pushing you to do that. you want to know something else? Listen, you got to be mindful for those like good looking older white men because mm-hmm. they will Ted Bundy the fuck out of your soul. <laughs> like, I'm telling you like this or something. who's like this. He was like an ex-actor who was like <sighs> washed in 45. Like, I've already know yeah, the time. You know, the cringe. <sighs> yeah. So mm. in my head, when, when I had just told my guest that story and then I told her about the shame and the masturbation mm. thing and she was like, oh, honey, this may be deeper than even you think. Mm. Like, yeah. this may be like, or like, or even, let's just see, it's even more acute than that. Yes. The offenses could be even more subtle. Like the amount of times I've gone on dates with guys that I don't like at all, but feel like I owe them something. So I either like, I used to like either suck their dick or make out with them after because they paid for my dinner. Like, Brianda, what? Honor yourself more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like what? That feeling, that feeling like I owe something. Oh, it caused me, it causes me so much recoil now. The amount of times that I had to do that, that that I did that to myself. Like, Mm -hmm. Even more acute than that, the the bar conversation with the dude that you are feeling chills up and down your body because he's creepy and he's making you feel uncomfortable. And yet you continue to finish out the conversation. I mean, sometimes it's a matter of safety, so I don't want to discount that. But finishing Mm -hmm. out and being polite because like, yeah, I'm supposed to be polite to this dude who doesn't deserve shit from me, you know, (sighs) instead of just being like, I'm not interested in talking to you. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. We just listed three different degrees of burn. Like yeah. we just listed three different distinct uh, um, um, examples of when women feel like they are subjected to these um, to 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 these uh, uh, violating yeah. and yeah, yeah. abusive uh, engagements with the opposite sex. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 
ladies, ladies, who's listening to this? Can I get an amen? <laughs> Pause the podcast. Pause the podcast and replay the last five yep. minutes if this is you. <laughs> it's all of us. I mean, I think I don't know. I don't know very many people who are born into the world knowing how to navigate patriarchal, yep. oppressive the, the the environment that we yep. all live in, like. Yeah, I know. And then like you were saying, too, when you're talking about then not honoring yourself, it's like even just the idea of masturbation was so foreign to women until very recently because it is such a patriarchal society that it was just wasn't even discussed. So, of course, in the back of your head, there's going to be all like there's going to be this shame that you're processing through, because regardless of how you were raised, we're in a patriarchal society. And it's like, OK, if we're not talking growing up about understanding pleasure, like you said, on your terms, when your body wants it, then it always is going to have this like foreign feeling to it. That's hard to, to combat. And I'm going to take it one step further too, because of like the oppression that we do all live in that oppresses both men and women. We are also simultaneously told that we are not enough if we are not interested in exploring these yeah. certain aspects of our sexuality too. So if you don't want to masturbate, mm-hmm. like <laughs> that is your right and you're not any less woman or sexual because of it. You know, I can't, God, girl, give me, get myself a number, please. I was just going to say, there is this one thing that I'll say. That is something that I don't even, I'm not rushing it to fix i don't even think it needs fixing no i just think this is devoid of religion at all i've always been that kind of person and it, i always felt i felt even more shame when i would tell like girlfriends mm-hmm. about it or, or even i'm such an open book sometimes i gotta like rein it in mm-hmm. but like i would like tell people about that that thing with the masturbation and stuff yeah. or like being celibate or absent mm-hmm. and the amount of like faces i would get like even the this um and a lot of it came from the sex positive community believe it or not sure sure they'd sure be like they'd be like what yeah why uh it's like listen bitch just because you're emboldened and empowered by your sexuality doesn't mean that i'm not emboldened and not empowered by my uh chastity exactly (laughs) we could be having the same conversation where it's like one person is like for me to heal i'm going to try to work through this like i was bringing up with like these meditative practices to get there and in the same exact note it's like for someone like yourself or someone else, it's like, no, I am going to abstain from them. And that is how I heal. And that is how I feel best. And that is sex positive because well, yeah. sex positive is sex that makes you feel fucking positive. Right. And it's you're, you and you're right. And whatever you're, form of that it is. Don't right. you find that some of the movement, some of the movement is actually counteractive. Yes. yes. I, I feel that opposite. way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I feel that way sometimes where I feel like I will not, I cannot measure up to like being the perfect sexually empowered woman, you know, like, yeah. There was, I came across, and this is no shade at, um, her name is Shan Boudram. I've, I've been following her for years. You guys know her, Shan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you guys would be like, she's been on the show. No. <laughs> um, so she, I just recently passed by this Instagram post of hers. And by the way, again, I am a fan of hers. Sure. Yeah. I would love to one day have a conversation with her. Um, she posted something about almost like she was uh, uh, promoting dating multiple people at a time mm-hmm. and then figuring it out. And mm-hmm. I say promoting mm-hmm. because uh, she used certain verbiage that was like feeling 
she in in society she felt oppressed by thinking that she only needed to be date one one person at a time. Yeah. So I understand where it came from for her yeah, yeah, in yeah. her experiences, right? Right. And I saw so many comments of confusion from mm-hmm. people from her own for uh, praise and confusion. Mm-hmm. And um and then my comment, which was neither. It was, oh, wow, great. Love your content. This is like, I'm a huge fan of yours. I actually uh, couldn't disagree more. I think that that method would cause me um, a lot of emotional turmoil. It would cause Mm. me a lot of unnecessary um, stress and psychological damage, ultimately. Mm. Um, uh, And whatever have you. That comment got like 100 likes, got like a bunch of like um, engagement. And in my head, I'm like, huh. Because that voice is also is it needs to be yeah. highlighted too. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying that there's a there's a part of the conversation. There's a group of people that just aren't bending to that because it doesn't make sense for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think that the important thing in that is right. If it doesn't work for you, then it doesn't work for you. And and you seem like a person that is fine with that. And then there's plenty of other people that are like that. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. You know, it's like I'm someone who's toyed with the idea. I'm very interested in non-monogamy. Having learned about it, thought about who I am as a person, you know, like blah, 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 blah. But I'm not going to say that, like, I don't want to ever give off the impression that I think you or anyone or Jess or anyone else is like closed minded. That's like a big thing, you know, thing that people kind of say sometimes closed minded or, you know, you just are not haven't done enough of the work to be okay with that mm-hmm. living that kind of life because yeah. that's just not that's stupid yeah that's no dumb. i remember my first friend who who dove into non-monogamy um numerous years ago uh having a conversation my husband and i were finally in like a really healthy place in our marriage where it felt like it was going well and she kind of shamed us for having a monogamous relationship mm-hmm. like we ha- weren't evolved enough to be in a non-monogamous relationship. I remember it put a really bad taste in my mouth for a while because I was like, well, this is judgmental and I don't like judgment at all. And then when I started to have a conversation with more people, it was like, okay, like this is, it's different. Everyone's different. And like, I completely agree with what you're saying. If, if people are willing to be like, you know, if that's what is comfortable for you and what you would like, then that's great. But you can't make this a universal truth that, for instance, dating this way is going to bring you joy and pleasure or right. masturbating or more pleasure. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, I, and, then, and then on top of it, we're also I always forget. I'm like, we're always leaving out the the a large amount of people who are asexual yeah. in this conversation who feel very a lot of shame than hearing this conversation and being excluded from right. it altogether. Right. I love asexual TikTok, by the way. Asexual yes. TikTok is a group. <laughs> Fantastic. I, they always come on my For You page because yeah. I'm always liking it because I relate to it so much. Mm-hmm. Like the asexuals love me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I rep them too heavy. I was just yeah. going to say, I too, I, I, oh my gosh. I, like I said, I get hate from both ends. Non-believers hate me. And the yeah. evangelists hate me. I don't know. I, what think that's space a sign I, you're, I think that's a sign you're doing things right. <laughs> I do believe that. I do believe that. Listen, I don't know. Who hated Jesus? From- Everyone. <laughs> I'm not comparing you to Jesus, but just saying. For listen, for the longest time, I remember thinking actually, and I don't know yet. I just don't know. But I remember thinking, um, I, 
I wanted to be in an open relationship. I never was it like a jealous type. I I even for one point was like, oh my God, am I getting turned on by watching my my boyfriends yeah. like flirt with other girls? At one point I would like, I remember even as a, in middle school, my my like middle school crush, actually I ended up losing my virginity to him, Zachariah Abdusalamadi, if he's listening. Shout out. He, <laughs> He, I, I hooked him up with my friend Kayla before he ever got with me. I don't even know why I did that. I just wanted to see if I could do it. Uh Like there's something, I don't know what's going on here, (laughs) but I remember for the longest time being like, I think I'll be okay with open. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm not, and I don't know now where I'm at now. I haven't thought about it quite enough. So I'm just riffing off top right now. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, those that are in non-monogamous relationships must be like lit, like have to be so spiritually aligned or biblically speaking equally yoked interesting because the only way that you could ever have a successful non-monogamous relationship is by being so implicitly honest yes Mm -hmm. who the heck wouldn't want that (laughs) you know right and talk about a practice with jealousy we talk about that all the time too like oh my goodness like a practice on learning how to not be like egocentric and like right. like yeah oh my goodness right it doesn't have to be about letting your partner sleep with other people but like what what am I confronting what fear do I have to confront in myself what fear comes up with the idea of my partner being with someone else mm-hmm. talking to someone else sleeping with someone I else? actually I interviewed some I was in this kick you can see this era in my podcasting um, you know, <laughs> era I was in like a huge like non-monogamous era because I kept interviewing people that were non-monogamous yeah. relationships and like I realized that those that were in non-monogamous relationships weren't even in relationships with other people like they weren't even uh. doing stuff they knew the arrangement that they had they knew what it was about but they would be they would go in windows and the windows were long half the time they weren't even seeing other people yeah and what you said was really true about like it wasn't even about them sleeping with other people it was more about um uh, uh being so honest about their interactions in their everyday daily lives mm-hmm. and then observing why they felt a certain way mm-hmm. like i don't know if you guys know uh um Aubrey, what's his name? That on it guy. Yes, oh. yes, yes, yes. But anyways, I interviewed his ex, uh, Whitney. Oh, Whitney wow, okay. uh, Simmon. Uh, that's a that's a YouTuber. Crap, there's so many Whitney's. Oh God, white blonde Jesus. But they were they were in a non-monogamous relationship, they, right? Or famously, I interviewed famously. her, and she was saying that when uh, uh, it was more about. Like, let's just say if he said I was going to go out to dinner with a female friend or whatever, you would tell her whatever. And she at the beginning would fig- try and observe why she was feeling these sensations mm-hmm. of jealousy. It would have it would have her going through like a trip, like an internal trip. Like, why am I? Yeah. Is it because is it because of the way she looks? Is it because of her body? No. Mm-hmm. OK, cool. Is it because of her age? Is she younger? Do I have mm-hmm. something against my age? Am mm-hmm. I having it? Am I, like it gave her a system to kind of like reconnect to her even yeah. selfishly right like yeah. it's so yeah. much less to do about the the external relationship the external person and so much more to do about how am i presently feeling about my age yeah. body my career um, my relationship with him how am i how am i how is that going for me oh i feel at a state of peace because of this maybe i needed some space uh-huh. You know, I so, think we all need to do it some like I get I get you know mad when my boyfriend wants to go spend a night with his friends like doing drugs or whatever you know and then I get mad and then it's like why am I why am I getting mad about that do hmm. I feel like I need more time to myself like and if that's not it okay am I worried that I'm not as fun as he is is this like right what beliefs does this say about me mm-hmm. like what yeah, beliefs man. I hold about myself mm-hmm 
Love the poly community. Love yes. the monogs. I love them yes. all. <laughs> but I hear you. I hear 100% what you're saying. Because back to, uh, way going back to what we were saying, it was like we don't have to feel shame from not doing all these things, mm-hmm. you know, from not having sex, whatever. Like, that's true freedom. That is true freedom. And so for you, yeah. since practicing abstinence and now celibacy, that's where you're yeah. feeling like that feels best. I'm three years strong, baby. And I feel so, I feel, how do I say this? Listen, Justin, Becca, I feel, I feel like Cleopatra. Like (laughs) I feel so on top of the world because of my celibacy. Like, and it, and it's only getting better. Like, and I still, and I feel as sexy. I, I feel sexy. Like, right. I can't, I can't explain it. The yeah. absence, the absence of sex acts doesn't yeah. mean you're not sexual, right? Yeah. Like for sure. St- but I, what I'm saying, what I want to actually, let me uh, amend that. No, I'm saying that removing, removing the act of sex or sex with others and also sex, just that mm-hmm. alone has allowed me to further pour myself into other meaningful aspects some other domains in my life mm. that have, I'm, I'm literally seeing them flower mm. and it is so beautiful. And, uh, it's, a, it, it, I've always had a difficult relationship with just romantic relationships with men and it, also with my dad and stuff, you know, yeah. and it's allowed me to be so inventive and explorative and really figure out how I want to be loved how I want to be adored. I want to be adored. I want to be yearned for baby. I want to be Mm -hmm. desired. And I know that now, and I've got to be, I've gotten, I've had this like instinctive way of, of, um, of identifying that in others that is Mm -hmm. so fine tuned. It's, it may be doing me a disservice Mm -hmm. because I'm so (laughs) specific, (laughs) but, but, um, at least I was dating this, this guy who was older and like, he didn't want to have kids. It didn't ultimately go anywhere. We're still homies. But we had this this energy together that was so exciting for me. And seeing him figure out ways to court me that uh, were outside of our genitals was so exciting Mm. and sexy to Mm. see someone devote so much time to uh, pleasing me in all these other ways, deepening our spiritual connection. Um, I don't know. It it really did uh, uh, removing the sex for me raised my 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 sexual and uh my my sexual economy my love economy Mm. yeah I think we've talked about on the podcast before or I bring up how sometimes when I'm really like in my flow creatively doing things making things how I have no sex drive during Mm -hmm. those periods of time so it would make sense that you're channeling (laughs) you're channeling that energy elsewhere like Mm -hmm. that makes that, that totally makes sense to me Oh my God, I'm convinced that once I start like boning again, boning a dude again, I'm probably going to lose my juju, my jojo, my push, my, my something. Like, I don't know. I'm going to have to get a writer for the show because I write all of my episodes and like I create, I create the concepts and stuff. And it's such, I have like, a, I have it down to a formula. I have it down to a science. Like I, 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 the way, like the way I write when I'm writing, it's such an isolating experience. And, so, and I find like, this, there's this therapeutic nature to it. Mm-hmm. Anyone who does something, anyone who's like an artist or like whatever have you, they have this process. Comedy writers, when they before they start crafting their bits, their stuff, their specials or whatever, like they have this formula down. I am so worried that once I <laughs> like once I have someone in, like they're gonna mess up my ish. Like I'm gonna have to. 
hire you someone protect or something. That I don't space. know. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I was just telling someone the other day, it's like, because like I said, I have been like taught, I've been, I'm like, oh, I want what I miss so much being in a monogamous relationship currently. And I adore, adore Grayson. I'm so sorry. I love you so much. <laughs> this is not, and he, the thing, the reason I could say it is because he feels the same, the same way. We both love the feeling of having a crush, oh, yeah. of pursuing someone, you know, of being so like enveloped, thinking about like what they're doing right now. Do they like me back? I mean, it's all very kind of like childish in a way, but it's so fun. Mm-hmm. And we both just adore that. But I, am someone who if I am currently infatuated with someone everything else goes to the wind like mm-hmm. I'll just not show up to work I'll not do my <laughs> mm-hmm. homework you know whatever whatever it is and then it's like let's just go let's yeah you want to go to the beach today yeah. you called me and you went ah, okay bye <laughs> and I'm you just like floating other- away in the wind you guys the other day I was praying to God because I I planted so many seeds in my career and things of that nature that I kind of forgot like hey I planted them I can turn away and just trust that God is going to sure. do what he mm-hmm. does with that. And I can start planting other seeds like, you know, relationship. Now I kind of want, I do now intentionally want to, I, I, I want to seek that while these other yeah. things manifest. And I remember this week I was like praying and I was like, you know what, God, I will be happy being single for the rest of my life. If that is what you will for me. And then I opened my eyes and I was like, just a couple years with someone <laughs> anyway i take it back <laughs> yeah like let's negotiate because <laughs> it's, um, it's fun it's fun it's a good time yeah. but that piece is a good thing i mean i think that that's so important doesn't matter what anyone believes in and that piece of letting go let go and let god you know mm-hmm. and be like i am not i do if if this doesn't happen that's okay you know that's mm-hmm. so good to cultivate that sense of peace i mean yeah and i'm also like now in my late 20s and i'm about to enter you know the next the next decade which i have a feeling is going to be so just like oh, i feel I'm not it for you anymore. yes <laughs> I'm not gonna be poor. I know I'm gonna meet my partner. I mean, I'm just saying, even if it doesn't happen, it's cool. But like, I, there's so many new things approaching right now. I'm in this pocket of time where you just have no other choice but to let go and let God because it's gonna happen without you. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's gonna mm-hmm. happen not without you, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So you you might as well cause yourself less resistance. it's 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 exhausting yeah (laughs) and if you grind your heels in it's going to get more painful if you're trying to Mm -hmm. stop Mm -hmm. it so man just like welcome it man give me i'm just like god let me know i'm just you i'm a vessel where do you want me to go (laughs) it's kind of it's it's been so alleviating that's another thing like adopting this practice this uh um relationship with godism practice right through christ Mm -hmm. um is it's been so alleviating removing so much pressure off the individual mm-hmm. you know like oh man people say that the fear in god is the, the part that's like the the wrench in the wheel but for me man that's reverence mm. and it's so much more alleviating knowing that um um another power has it under control mm. how did your friends feel about having atheist Brianda go to Christian Brianda <laughs> were they like what just happened <laughs> well I'll tell you something I've lost a lot of friends oh, and okay. I um I've also 
I haven't lost too many though, because like I said, I'm what they call a, a lukewarm Christian is what uh-huh. the TikTok likes to call me. Yeah. I'm not yeah. proud of that actually. <laughs> sure. I'm not proud of that, but I just know that I am in this stage, this phase in my faith, and I'm not going to act like something else because I'm saying that's, that's for me like, I don't think delusional. you're a lukewarm. I don't think you're a lukewarm Christian at all. Mm-mm. I don't think so. I he, the the one thing I'll give. I him, don't think God thing. would spit you out of His mouth. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Okay. You know what? And I don't believe so in my heart of hearts. I don't believe that either. But the only thing I'll give the evangelists that critique okay. my show. Okay. Yeah. The one thing I'll give them is that I actually do want to stop swearing using cuss words, and I've been wanting to do that. Why? Like, again. Because they don't amplify my jokes. I use them mm. as a crutch when I'm nervous. I lean okay. on them. It's just like other things, like lo- logistical things. I don't, I, I've never, I don't want to have a, a household with my future family that swears. I grew up in a very turbulent, violent household where mm. the only way we displayed any kind of emotion was sandwiched between a fuck and a you. Mm. Mm. You know, so I actually, there are other reasons that I definitely don't. And I'll give them that. Like I, every single time they like say something, I all my TikTok comments, like every time they're like, I wish you wouldn't have said this. I'm always like, nah, man, I feel you. Like you're right. Like <laughs> I, one day, one day, but that day's not today. And there's strength in the gray. Mm-hmm. Like, let me, I, you're, I'm dude, this is my discipleship. And I know it doesn't look like this cookie cutter way. I know, I know I'm not wearing a bra and I'm wearing a Fashion Nova mini dress. Yes. I understand <laughs> this. Like, but let me, this is my stage. This is my truth for right now. Let me live it. And let me in turn, like other people will view that and be like, huh, I guess it's a little more approachable. I've never seen this before. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't know. Don't I, so, forget. Uh, back to your yeah. question about the friends. I, I have lost friends, but not that that much because I haven't, I haven't, you know, I'm not like a seventh day Adventist at all. Yeah. yeah but no, I was just gonna say with those friends that you've lost, why why would you say that you've lost those friendships? Because I no longer like to do drugs and bars. Okay. Of course, the pandemic okay, okay, okay. too. But okay. like because I don't, I don't like to. You don't want to live the same um, lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. So just out of those yeah. reasons alone, I don't okay. want to dirty wine. I don't want to like snort co- coke in a bathroom anymore. Yeah. I don't want to do those kinds of drugs anymore. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. Um, also it's like an energy thing as well like there were just some people who were unnecessarily combative yeah Mm-hmm. In a yeah, way that, that makes sense. like, wow, you guys don't like Christianity for the same reasons that you're doing to Christians. And I just can't jive with that. That goes against everything yeah. I mm-hmm. represent. That goes against everything I'm growing. Like I said, I'm still a babe in the faith. I'm in an incubator. I yeah. can't have that in my incubation. Mm-hmm. You know, and I say that as someone who is susceptible to like, <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm good so that if that means isolating myself from people that I know aren't um, uh, going to edify that edify me in that way. Then I, then I, I, I've been doing a lot of self-imposed reclusion. Like yeah. I, and that's, that's actively deliberate. So and I'm guessing that's so one day you will feel comfortable enough associating with those yeah. people without feeling the 
the, uh, the, the overwhelming temptation to live in a way that you don't feel comfortable living in. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I just am in, I'm still, I'm like I said, I'm in this incubation stage and I'm still figuring it out. And while I'm in this stage, I just have to be a little more hyper aware with who I spend yep. my time mm-hmm. with. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And yeah. That, that totally makes sense. I was just thinking when you were saying like talking about wearing your fashion Nova dress, I was going to say, you know, don't forget who did God choose to find Jesus after he was raised? Who was, who were you're the right. first women who discovered him? Mm-hmm. No, you're and right. I don't you're think right. that Listen, was, I was just, wasn't Jesus random. Love Jesus loved the hose, the Samaritan woman and Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. I always say like he did like, listen, anytime the Pharisees like they'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you sitting with them? He'd be like, um, duh, bro, why aren't you <laughs> like these are people again. These are the stories about Jesus that rarely get told. Mm-hmm. Like he was such a homie. Mm-hmm. He was the homiest of homies. Oh, man, this makes me think of um, my plans with the show and like what I ultimately I didn't start off with this as a mission right but you know how when you start a pod it starts as one thing and then it starts going in another sure sure sure. I had no idea that I was gonna be keeping all the times that I riff in the show I get more comments on people hearing my uh uh identifying with my tangents more than the things that I actually write Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that it may sound a little preachy, which I don't want at all. I keep saying, guys, like, no, that is not my ministry. I don't want to be that. Go somewhere else for that. But it that just leads me to believe that people, people do, or th- there's something happening, like a spiritual renaissance happening where people are itching to, uh, itching for direction, I guess, or direction. Yes. And and anytime they taste the sliver of that, they want more of it mm-hmm. or like they'll, 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 they'll take it any, in any package they can get it, mm-hmm. you know? And now that I've discovered that based off of, you know, observing my analytics, uh, my comments, I do all my socials. I'm, you're literally talking to me. I'm like, I spend, I, I'm like a manic. I don't sleep. I like a, doing research here for the show because I know where it can go and I know where mm-hmm. I want it to go. And I'm seeing more and more that this show this show is my discipleship. What's it called again? Uh, Bible stories with me, Brianda. <laughs> <laughs> Bible stories with Brianda. Please tune in. It's a fun time. It's a really good show, man. And we're getting it is. like we're getting some eyes on it. Uh, not to um, pitch my own thing, but you know I'm on this uh, program. Pitch it. Pitch it. <laughs> it's, it's it's getting some attention, and I. Um, Honestly, I think we deserve it, man. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a good show. It's a, we have a nice close knit team. Um, we are uh, the team is black and brown, and mm-hmm. we are very vocal about being black and brown. And uh, and 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 actually, uh, the my two producers are atheists. Uh, one, the Alex Media, who works for Andrew Schultz, you guys know him, Alex Media. Yeah, for sure. He is more agnostic, I would say, but uh, Wheezy is more. Uh, not atheist, but just, I think spiritual is what she says. I never know how to take that. I'm like, what is it? We're all spiritual sure. in my eyes. Right. But, but anyways, she likes to say, but it's more of a openness. Sure. She also does crystal stuff and whatever. So I don't know. Bruja, maybe a little bit of a Bruja sometimes. I, uh, so that, that's the show right there. Like that's, uh, that's our yes. trinity. We got a Christian, <laughs> we got a, a lukewarm Christian. We got a, a, a witch hoe. And then we've got a confused agnostic man uh, who's on the, lives life on the edge on the road with a famous celebrity. Those are our three, 
And if any of those things entice you, resonate. Come on down to our Bible stories with Brianda. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't listened yet, but I'm now going to the minute I get in my car. Also, do you ever have guests on? Because I've got my favorite Bible story to talk about. Oh I am. You know what? We don't know. I would love to. We, we keep getting people being like, "Oh my God, come on!" Was we open it up to guests and stuff? We don't know yet, but I know for a fact that Bible stories is going to expand. Like, for example, the average, my average episodes are, I think, 30 minutes. Some mm-hmm. are 20 minutes, some are 45 minutes, but we're still figuring that out. I may bump it to two episodes a week. Yes. Just because I, I, and which is a lot more work. Big moves. But let me tell you something. Listen, the people want, they, they keep on asking me for more. So, I mean, once I you're tickling, I'll, I'll be real with you, Brenda. I, I hadn't been diving into the Bible in n- many years. And then all of a sudden I'm remembering some of these stories. You're talking about Job. You're talking about Noah. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm remembering can all I these suggest, stories. Can I suggest, okay, wait, <laughs> yes. Becca, if you guys want to listen to listen to my episode, uh, Abraham, Sarah and Hagar, that okay. episode. Okay. Okay, we're going. We're going for anyone listening. We are going in the uh, chronological order in which the Bible is written. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, like, it's not just random stories. We're going in order, okay. and I'm doing that so that anyone who's just discovering the Bible uh, can read along. Like, so as they're reading, they can supplement it with some comedy. Oh, and some, okay. Like, you know, Love it. so right now we're at episode eight and we're at Abraham th- this Wednesday's episode or I don't know when this comes out. By the time this this episode comes out, it's we will already have released the Abraham and Isaac episode, but we're going in order. So get your Bibles, guys. Go on Amazon.com. <laughs> the easiest versions to read are the uh, English Standard Version and mm-hmm. the uh, New International Version. Yes. Those two are super simple, so you won't hear the half vow yeast professed whatever yeah. like none of the King James. Or if you really want to get crazy and loose with it, read the, the message. message. <laughs> I can't, okay. I can't handle the, the message. message. I can't handle it personally, but that's just me. I know. I was. We were. Were you raised on the NIV? I was. Oh, raised, I was uh, yeah, mostly NIV then ESV. ESV yeah. But yeah, the message. I'd always be like, "What the hell?" The message is like, "God just wants to chill with you, man," and like, <laughs> I hug never you. recommend that one. I never recommend. <laughs> That some people might like I, it if you're actually about this like no matter what you want it like you want to stay as true to the hebrew text sure mm-hmm. as possible and yeah. i think that those two are enough if you yeah. know how to read like those would be <laughs> enough for you to uh, under understand the mm-hmm. phrasing and stuff mm-hmm. and they even like hi, like i mean i don't know if you guys do video but like if you this one is yes. the niv not that yeah i have the other one over there somewhere but like they even put what jesus says in red they'll have like mm-hmm. little parts at the at the bottom that shows you the etymology of the words it's mm. a really neat um it's just if anything else it's an interesting new evergreen podcast mm-hmm. like we're sprinkled in some of like Weezy and I's banter where you have a celibate Christian and a literally a bruja who, <laughs> Love it. who has, who has one of the, the, the leading sex podcasts in the globe. Love yes. it. So, I think my favorite arc is you trying to save Weezy every single episode. It's one of my, I'm, I'm locked in. Happen. I mean, it started as just a comedic bit, but I can't tell you why. I can't tell you why. And I can say this. She's my friend. She's my close and intimate yeah. friend. I would never impose that on someone who I don't know intimately. Right. <laughs> but I am, I pray for her every day. I prayed for this podcast, to be honest with you. I didn't know what it was going to be called. I didn't know what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I just knew that we were going to collaborate before Weezy even met me. Mm-hmm. And look at what God has done. <laughs> look at what the Holy Spirit has done. So in my head, I'm like, well, if I 
if I manage to do that, <laughs> then let's just take it a step further. The Listen, world. by next year, by next year, Wheezy WTF, please clip this. By 2022, <laughs> Wheezy WTF will be quoting scripture. <laughs> Timestamped. I, I believe it. <laughs> Mark that, it. mark that hubby mark that it. Evan <laughs> it is time stamped Brianna thank you so much this was such a fun yeah, conversation a you are so refreshing I'll be real you know uh, again with Becca and my background it's just so nice to talk to somebody who has a beautifully light and wonderful relationship with Christianity and Jesus and it was just it's just a pleasure yeah, oh, a pleasure. You guys, Nothing but the joy. conversation was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So um, wonderful. Broads, all the info, the podcast, the YouTube, all of it will be in the episode notes below. Yeah, so you make got sure an you Instagram. You want to just say that at of two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two, uh, it's at Bible Brianda on all things. If you're on TikTok, go to my TikTok. It is a fun time. A lot of my videos go viral over there at Bible Brianda. But you can also find me at that's Brianda is my personal stuff. So I'm like not just Christian stuff over there. So at that's Brianda and at Bible Brianda on everything. Cool. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. We so appreciate you broads. Make sure to check her out and we'll chat soon. Chat soon. Ciao.